Something that always made me nervous in vet school was that I felt like every time someone came to give us a talk, it always started with, if you would have told me I'd be doing whatever it is they're doing, I never would have believed you. And it always made me wonder, what does veterinary medicine have in store for me? I mean, is it, is it a good thing? Is it something that I'll like? Well, sure enough, here I am with a story of my own. If you would have told me I'd be recording podcasts, I would have laughed and said, no way, not me. Veterinary medicine has surprised me at so many turns already, and that keeps me excited to keep pushing forward to see what the future holds. And I mention all of this to say, our individual journeys through our careers all look a little different. So if your path doesn't look like someone else's, or it it doesn't even look anything like what you pictured, you're definitely not alone in that. Dr. Jaworski has a fantastic story about knowing she wanted to specialize but not being sure about what field and the path that led her to where she is now, a dermatology resident at Animal Allergy and Dermatology Center of Indiana. Let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Jaworski and we'll get into our talk. Dr. Jaworski received dual bachelor degrees in animal sciences and psychology from The Ohio State University. She then went on to earn a master's degree in animal sciences from The Ohio State University and her DVM degree from Ross University. Following completion of her DVM, Dr. Jaworski went on to complete first a rotating internship, then a specialty internship in dermatology at the Veterinary Specialty Hospital of San Diego. Then, as we mentioned before, she joined the team at Animal Allergy and Dermatology Center of Indiana in the summer of 2019, where she started her dermatology residency. We had a really fun talk discussing her journey to where she is now. Let's jump in. So Dr. Jaworski, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been exciting. Fantastic. Um, And you're a second year dermatology resident, but if I remember correctly, your path wasn't really like this straight line from vet school to a dermatology residency. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Did you always know you wanted to go into Derm? So I am probably one of the few that did not always know that my career path would lead me to dermatology. My mentors joke with me over the years that with my history, I grew up in a house with Sharpays. So obviously they have tons of allergy (laughs) issues that I was just bound to end up in dermatology. But it did take me a little bit of time to figure that out. My first year out of school, out of veterinary school, I did a rotating internship at a specialty clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, While I was there, I followed specialists around. I worked ER, but I really fell in love with the relationship that some of the specialty doctors were able to have with their long-term clients. As you know, with many of our pets, we don't cure them. We treat them for their illnesses or diseases for life. So I really liked the relationships they had and these bonds they had. So that's interesting, knowing that specialization is the path for you, but not really knowing what that looks like in the beginning. And as a matter of fact, again, kind of working from memory, Oklahoma State, where you went to vet school, they didn't actually have a dermatology program at the time you were on clinics, right? When did you start to realize that of the specialties, dermatology was where you might want to go? So I really decided on the dermatology path during my year as a rotating, as a rotating intern. 
we did not have a dermatologist at the specialty clinic I interned at, but as an intern, I spent a lot of time on emergency hours and you'd be surprised what comes in as an emergency at 11 o'clock at night. There's a lot of dermatology cases. So I saw a lot of cases there and really realized the lack of specialist for these clients. And it wasn't that we didn't have a dermatologist in town. We did. And then we had a whole bunch of them a few hours away, but getting in to see them for an appointment could take time because they already have crazy caseloads wherever they're at. So for these owners, you can imagine treating some of these serious skin diseases or chronic ear infections really isn't ideal in the ER setting. We're limited on the resources we have for them. And these animals really need long-term care and a long-term plan. So seeing those cases there really sparked my interest and realized that was what I wanted to explore more. Absolutely. These guys, they need frequent rechecks and adjustments to really get them managed. And like you said, you know, these are long-term management cases. So in general, an ER isn't set up for that. And it's kind of funny that it was partially this time in the emergency room that continued to lead you towards dermatology. And you were accepted then into a dermatology internship program, which took you all the way to the other side of the country. And it was a two-year internship program. Yes. So actually it was a one-year internship program that I ended up staying at for two years. And that is also not the typical pathway for dermatology interns. And the reason that worked out for me is that shortly after I finished my rotating internship year, actually it was a week before I finished my rotating internship year, I got married. So we moved to San Diego for me to start my dermatology internship and near the end of my internship, I became pregnant. So the place I was at kept me a second year, which was really nice because I still got to do dermatology, but I also had a nice chunk of time off to be with my baby and to recover. Oh, that's smart. Just making the best of both worlds, which means you are currently balancing being a dermatology resident, a wife, and a mom. Can you talk a little bit about what that's like? So I get a lot of help from my husband, I have to say, so I can't take all the credit. He is currently able to work part-time from home and watch our little girl, but it is, it's a lot to juggle. Um, and at times it, it feels like there's not enough hours in the day, but I know dermatology is where I was, where I'm meant to be. And it really helps make it worth it at the end of the day. So the other benefit we, we have, which when you start applying to residencies, you realize you can you can end up anywhere. I'm really lucky that the residency I ended up in is located just a couple hours from my family and a few extra hours from my husband's side of the family, which means we get a lot of help from them from time to time for help with the baby. Takes a village, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so if I remember our, our earlier talk, you after your internship, you entered the match, but it wasn't specifically for dermatology yet. Did you apply to other programs besides dermatology? So I did. During the year of my rotating internship, that's when you apply for match. And your internship starts in June, but match starts up in September, which there's not a lot of time between June and September. And you're, you're still figuring out how to be a new baby doctor, apparently, you know, really. <laughs> 
so when I started filling out match, I wasn't hundred percent sure what specialty I, I wanted to really focus in on. Now, the nice thing about match is that once you apply to these clinics, you have a few months where you get to contact the clinics, you get to contact the doctors you'd work with. You get to actually visit some of them if you're able to and see the staff and, and see the hospital, which is huge. So I was able to do that. And by the time you rank your programs, which is much later, it's in like December or January, by that time I knew dermatology was what I wanted. After I had talked to some doctors, I had seen what they did, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing. I knew that that was, that was where I wanted to go. So by the time I actually got to rank my programs, I didn't rank any of the other positions. I only ranked the dermatology position. So it worked out. Gotcha. So by the end, it was clear to you, you said dermatology is where I want to be. Yes. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. So with this kind of somewhat winding path from the beginning, um, not having a derm program on clinics and being pulled towards dermatology while working in the ER, but not being quite sure from the beginning, do you feel like ultimately you ended up in the right program? I really, really do. During my, and that became clear to me during my dermatology internship in San Diego, I realized I was exactly where I was meant to be and where I wanted to be. And I enjoyed the cases coming in. I enjoyed talking to owners about the disease process and the procedures that we could do to help their animals. I remember after I'd been there maybe a month or two, feeling like this large weight had been lifted off of my shoulders because I had finally found the part of veterinary medicine that I really belonged in. Oh, that's fantastic. There's nothing like finding your niche and being able to do a job that brings you joy and plays to your strengths. So that's fantastic. So just a couple of fun questions. What's your favorite part of being a dermatologist? I love the owners that I get to meet and some of the challenges with their chronic skin diseases on their animals. Some of these animals that come in to see us have been dealing with skin or ear infections for years or sometimes for a majority of their life. So helping those owners understand why their animal is suffering from these chronic infections, to really understand the disease itself and to make a plan to improve their quality of life. It, it just really feels like that's what veterinary medicine is about. So I feel like I'm making a difference in that, in that situation. So I really enjoy treating the allergy cases. We get a chance to sit down and talk to an owner about the history of their animal and when the skin or the ear infections first started becoming a problem. Then we kind of walk them through and discuss, you know, what they've tried in the past, what worked or didn't work and, and why do they feel that it didn't work? And then we get to take a crack at these challenging cases and it's satisfying to feel that you're getting to finally make a difference in these animal, animals' lives. So as you can imagine with, with many parts of veterinary medicine, it's not that we get to see them for one appointment and they're done. We get to kind of become, we joke, especially with chronic ear infections, that we're going to be, you know, BFFs for a while because <laughs> they're not going to be, they're not going to be cured overnight. So, you know, getting to see that progress and seeing improvements is really satisfying. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely with the ear infection. <laughs> I can understand that one. So I'm a little afraid to hear the answer to this next one um, because I'm going <laughs> to use myself as an example of a general practitioner referring to a dermatologist. And I am positive that I have referred cases to our local dermatologists here that have probably made them roll their eyes or bang their heads against the wall and go, <laughs> why, why, why? What is one thing that you know you either see frequently or that really makes a difference? One thing that you wish veterinarians who referred to you would do or know when they're working up these cases? Well, one thing I want to stress, and I I actually think most of the veterinarians in our area are really good about it. Um, I think it's sometimes owner compliance that we struggle with. And that's the importance of doing diet trials for these animals, dogs or cats with chronic skin and ear infections. I think that sometimes owners really need to be taught, you know, the reason that we stress these diet trials and that we're not trying to be the the mean ones when we say, (laughs) you know, no treats, nothing but the food can go into their mouth for eight to 10 weeks because, you know, humans have such a bond with their animals and a lot of it is, is food motivated as well. So going through the reasons of why choosing a prescription diet for a diet trial is so important. We know that over-the-counter diets have cross-contamination. It's been proven in multiple studies. Choosing a novel protein diet or a hydrolyzed diet and then treating skin and ear infections at the same time as that those animals are on that diet trial. And really, we do diet trials for eight to 10 weeks. I like to see those pets at, at the middle of their trial because things can seem like they're going well, but what if they're starting to form an ear infection that we need to treat? And they may blame the food, you know, secondarily without knowing. So explaining to the owners that it's for a couple of months, we're going to be in close contact and prepping them for, for the knowledge that it's going to take eight to 10 weeks to get through it. But at the end of it, we're going to have an answer one way or the other, either diet is improving their lives dramatically. Great. Then we know we need to focus on food. We feel like we're in the same boat that we are, you know, today when we're sitting down and talking then let's cross food off the list and move on because I do think that a lot of owners feel like they're cycling where, you know, they try one diet and, and, and it doesn't work. So they try something else and it doesn't work and they feel lost. So, so yeah, kind of giving them points that we want to hit, but also giving them an end point so they don't feel like they're just stuck there forever. I think that's important. That's a good way to look at it because you're right. You see a lot of, well, their skin was acting up, so I changed their food. But, you know, I fed them that for two weeks and it didn't make a difference, so I changed it. So you're absolutely right. Maybe it's kind of a, the owners are very likely to change their food on their own, maybe. So looking at that diet trial, even though it is challenging and you have to stay in close contact and take away the treats and things like that to say, this is me kind of directing how to change the diet appropriately to get us the answer we want and avoid some of that frustration. Yes, I agree. And I have owners that come in that they've already tried five or 10 diet. I mean, it's been going on for years. So they've switched these animals diets every month or whatever. (laughs) you know, so they're very frustrated. And the last thing they want to hear from me is, oh, you're going to make me change their diet again. And, you know, it's always an option. I would never make anyone do anything, (laughs) but explaining my train of thought on that, I think, I think it's helped some of them figure out like, okay, 
I'm willing to do it one more time and then I'm done with it forever. Isn't that great? <laughs> right, right. Sure. Make sense of it a little bit more. All right. Last question. Do you have any pets at home? I do. I have three little kitties of my own. I actually adopted all of them during veterinary school. I'd, I'd never had a cat before. I'd grown up with dogs, but with the schedule in vet school where you spend a lot of time on campus and not a lot of time at home, it seemed to fit with the cats a little more. And everybody knows you can't just have one. So they've traveled with me all over. They've traveled with me from vet school to Oklahoma for clinics to Cleveland for my rotating internship to San Diego to back to Indianapolis. So they're well-traveled little kitties, but they add a lot of personality to our lives. So they're a lot of fun. Oh, that's fantastic. Dr. Jaworski, it has been a pleasure having you with us today. Do you have any final thoughts you want to leave us with? The only thing I will, will add, just so my mentors can hear it, for those dogs and few cats, but mostly dogs that have those chronic skin infections, you know, make sure you're doing your cytology. Even if you feel like you're not good at cytology, I promise you're better than you think you are. You can always take a picture of what you're seeing and send it to your local dermatologist. I'm sure they would be happy to help you. And that way, you know, if you need to be treating a bacterial infection or a yeast infection, because sometimes we're so close to treating them, but we didn't realize they also had a yeast infection and gosh, we weren't controlling that at all. And the other thing is that skin is the one organ that we can touch. So have those owners bathing those allergic dogs with a nice medicated shampoo and I always let them know that topical treatments can go a long way and it may avoid oral antibiotics in the future, which would be great. Absolutely. That's such good advice. I've definitely been there with the, we're treating a bacterial infection, but there's this yeast component that's complicating things. So that's fantastic advice. Thank you. Thanks again for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Jaworski, for joining us and telling us your story. And thank you to Hills for sponsoring this event. To find more podcasts like this, click on the Education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.